I'm back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I got – this is – it's not going too well, guys. I'll try to hang in as best I can, but it's just uh, – it's the internet connection. I got a big red notice saying, your internet connection sucks. That's <laughs> Google's <laughs> like – Please. Wednesday, January 9th, 2013. This is episode 37 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every week, yet another tech show.com. That's our website. Check it out and join us on the shows. Uh, Matt Lee joining me tonight. We got Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Howdy, guys. And we got Michael Olson. Hey, what's up? From Smartphone Photography Community Hangouts. We do those once a week on Thursdays now with Aunt Pruitt, who is still recouping from yeah. surgery. He said he was going to try and stay awake, and if not, to call him and wake him up, but I think we're just going to let him sleep, because I did a sound check with him earlier. He's not recovered, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Haggard. <laughs> but he is healing, so we wish him all the best in his fun recovery. Uh, start things off, I know it's CES, everybody's been talking about that, lots of cool stuff coming out of there, drones with cameras and Android gaming tablets. We talked a lot about that on uh, AOTA last night on Attack of the Androids. Uh, lots of cool Android in the kitchen stuff, appliances, stuff like that, uh, cool car stuff, just everything coming out. But um, first, we were kind of uh, discussing communities, the new Google feedback Sorry. system, and uh, Larry, you're, you always talk about like the MOOCs and the online classes and stuff, and you had a pretty interesting use case for communities that you had mentioned that I don't know that many people have really thought to use it for. Yeah, I'm well, I'm a teacher, and uh, right now it's Christmas vacation. Hooray! And in January, we'll start back. And there goes Larry's internet. <laughs> uh, I love doing shows over the internet. All right. It was all fine in pre-show. All right. So, Mike, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How about you? All right. All right. Um, until we get Larry back here. What was uh, some of the interesting stuff you were uh, following coming out of CES? Um, how does CD CES? Did you see the um, that sort of bendable smartphone from Samsung that they prototyped? I did. It's not I was I was reading about that actually and it's not a bendable smartphone. What it is, the technology is bendable OLED. So that's right. over the top of a Samsung smartphone to show it off. They also had a Samsung display that was mm -hmm. standing up on a table like just right. on its own, right? Just stand, like right. that's that's cool. That's one step closer to the circular phone that I would like to have. The right. get out of the whole square candy bar thing. Larry, are you good now? And your audio is gone. Completely gone. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that that has some interesting applications to kind of get away from the standard candy bar phone right. i know the, the galaxy uh, nexus has a slight curve to it not like what mm -hmm. this showed this is if if you haven't seen the pictures and we'll post links to it at, yeah on our tech show.com but it's basically the the phone like sits like this and then the screen is wrapped around it like that mm -hmm. so it covers the sides of the phone 
Which I don't know what you would use. You can't. I mean, you could touch it, but what are you putting on the side unless it yeah, I, fully I wrapped saw, around it or something? I saw a little video and it was interesting. You could literally put something on top of the phone and still see like scrolling text along the side of just you know that tiniest little space. Maybe it's notifications. The one that I saw was like a stock ticker. So it was interesting. Yeah. And I mean, the, this is like like we always say, early iterations of, of stuff yeah. is just not that great. But cool idea for sure, and cool that they have it working in a way that is hopefully going to be, you know, it's not going to shatter the first time someone touches it or drops it. Like they have this down now to where where it's going to work pretty well. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, I saw something about was it Corning's Gorilla Glass Four. Or what are we on now? Three? Three. Okay, so the next one they're coming out with is supposed to hold up better to scratches. You know that Gorilla Glass, if you like drop it or throw it, it's really hard to get it to really break. But what it really mm-hmm. doesn't do well is hold up under scratches. And even, I mean, my Verizon Galaxy Nexus just has micro scratches like all over it just from going in and out of my pocket. Right. So hopefully the, the next version of that will will stop that from happening. Right, and I read somewhere, I mean, I think that might be the new trend we might be looking at. I mean, to make these phones more durable, you know, so when you're, they're flying out of your pocket, they're not breaking all the time. Well, that and the fact that the less durable you make them, the more of them are going to make Casa de Landfill just, exactly. you know, I mean, heapy. And the fact that we have to upgrade every year or two isn't helping also. But, exactly. you know, it's, we'll, we'll get better at that also, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. But who knows? Larry, are you with us now? Unmute yourself. And then tell me the answer to that question. Okay, so Larry doesn't have audio. Unplug, <laughs> plug it back in. And if you have a Plantronics headset, do the same. We'll troubleshoot <laughs> you too. <laughs> so, All right, uh, the other thing that I saw just, I found this article, and then like 10 minutes later, I was looking at the CES thir- uh, 2013 hashtag on Google+. Plus. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll auto-scroll, and you can just right. pick and choose. Yeah, that thing's cool. But anyway, all of a sudden... The only thing I started seeing was Linux in a gun? $17,000 Linux-powered rifle brings auto-aim to the real world off of Ars right. Technica. And right. I just, living in Montana, being raised around guns and stuff, like mm-hmm. I think this is really cool. People may be coming out of having experienced or watched the school shooting that just happened, stuff like that, maybe not say that it's not that cool, but... Either way, new applications for Linux being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty interesting. What this is is right. uh, by you want to get geeks into guns, put Linux on that thing, and they'll go out and check it out. I know. And what this reminds me of a, a long time ago, we talked. I don't know if we even talked about it on the show, but it was a show we talked about it on. There was a guy who set up a website that you could pay him money, log in, and shoot a gun. Yeah, through... I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of what this reminds me of. But what this does is a little more in-depth, and you could probably couple this with that technology and take people on virtual hunting trips or whatever mm-hmm. through Second Life schools or fields or whatever. Uh, but this, you can tag an image that it's looking at, and then you can say track that. And so as they use a deer as an example, because you we all hunt deer with these giant assault rifles uh and it'll follow the deer which is i don't know that's cool right you can right uh this says it's the tracking point xs1 uh with a 338 lapua magnum and a 27 inch krager barrel 300 grain match rounds um and you gotta just i'll put a link to this in the show notes but you gotta like look at the pictures of it tracking it's kind of crazy it is kind of crazy i was checking it out earlier and there's a picture Um, of a guy using an ipad 
that is showing him what the gun is seeing, and you just hit like a button, and it. <laughs> hey, that's cool. I don't know. All right, Larry. Do we have you now? We're just gonna keep checking in with Larry about once every ten minutes, and eventually, hopefully, we'll get him back. So, uh, and they say not only is it just cool tech and another cool use uh, of Linux, but there's a social media aspect also. The Scopes video recordings can be uploaded to YouTube or other video sharing sites. Uh, And it says, rather than bragging to your friends about that amazing thousand-yard shot you took at the range or in the field last week, you can show them. All complete with heads-up display data about conditions and range. So it shows you, like, the winds, or not wind speed, but it shows you uh, distance, what is this, range, yards, wind. Oh, it does show you wind. That's crazy. Battery life, compass. That is just too cool. I wonder what they did to like show this off at CES, like what their their booth was like. I think we lost your audio, also, Mike. Hangouts, what are you doing? <laughs> Hangouts, is this for real? Unplug your headset and plug it back in. I think maybe that. I don't know. Larry. Hey, you guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Larry's back now. We've lost Michael's audio for some reason. I know, right? (laughs) Hangouts. Okay. So now that we have Larry back, let's go back to your Google community's use, and then we'll see what you think about the uh, TrackPoint Linux-powered rifle. All right. Oh, I want one of those for my drone. Right. did, Did you... Did you hear what I said before? No, not at all. That's you like, didn't hear a thing. No, not yeah, you started talking and then I just... was talking for about fifteen minutes before I realized nothing was happening. <laughs> all right, so as much all of right. that as you remember. Okay, let me tell you. No, the communities are cool. I I think I right away when I saw it, I set up a couple of them for obscure subjects I'm interested in, and joined a couple. But w- what I'm really looking forward to is using it when I start teaching again in January. And I will set up community for my class and let people discuss things, post things. I don't know what we'll, – we'll figure out what the little side discussions have to be you know, on the left-hand side. Right, but the categories. One that you came up with that's a really good idea. We can have uh, you know, suggested topics to talk about or things that need to be reviewed and let people vote on them with plus ones. And the ones that rise to the top will uh, will spend some class time on. Now, do you think this is – would you consider being like a professional and a teacher, would you consider setting up a subreddit for your class? Because that was we, – we use subreddits for people to post stories and then we vote on them and those, that's what makes it into the show. But it seems like because we use Google Hangouts and every – the listeners are generally from you know Google Plus and stuff, that would be a more interactive thing rather than – I mean, how many of you guys have Reddit accounts? Like, do you have yeah. one, Larry? And, and I can't see using yeah, Reddit in the classroom over something like Google Communities because yeah. it seems more professional and not, you know. Hey, though, Reddit's really well established. It's, yeah, it definitely is, but yeah. it, it kind of doesn't have that feel to it, you know? It's, it's, Reddit's, the UI is confusing as shit. That also, it's, it is kind of kludgy. It would take me hours to figure it all out and then hours to explain it to them, whereas... Right. Uh, Google yeah, did Google. really well and making Google, yeah. community straightforward and easy use and incorporating it into like your notification system uh, in Google Plus itself. And Google's part of the whole Google offerings, you know, service offerings, whereas Reddit is just Reddit. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, so no, I, 
I well, let's put it this way. Yeah, I've got a Reddit account, but I've never asked my students. I've never even told my students it exists. Right. And, I mean, uh, we've seen things like Obama doing uh, "Ask Me Anything" on on I told Reddit. About uh, that. Slug yeah, that from was Atmosphere. Cool, so I, did I one told them when that happened. Yeah. So it oh, is. Shit, is this frozen? No, it's you're frozing good. up again. You're good. I see you. <laughs> Michael, are you good? Shit. I think I'm good. Okay. Can you hear yes. me? Yeah. You guys are both okay, good. Michael's back. Okay. I'm on. I'm probably on a low bandwidth connection. I'm not at home, and, and oh. I don't know what my bandwidth is. That's probably what's going on. That I've could be it. Killed everything. It's all that's running is this browser. If you want, hit the little gear button, and then hit uh, auto detect. Put that on low quality, and that might free up a little bandwidth. If you want. But then I'll look ugly. I uh. <laughs> <laughs> can't have that. Auto detect. It's on auto detect right now. So it's, but it's switch doing, that to low. Switch that to low. Oh, yeah. It can you, go to low? Yeah. Low speed connection. Is that going to make me really ugly now? It'll oh, probably well, just give it, you a picture. It can't, it can't make me any uglier than I really am. Is that, okay, is, that George, is that George Clooney? Oh, no. It's Larry Press <laughs> on low quality. All right. Uh, Michael, what are you uh, – communities so far? Are you, you still digging it? We talked a little bit about this on the smartphone photography hangout last week, which you guys can see in the smartphone photography community. Uh, yeah, I think they're great. It's really, you know, before Communities came along, I was on Google Plus quite a bit, but uh, since Communities, I'm really all in. I think it's it's great, and it really is going the two-way communication, um, whether you have, like, a show that you want to commute with your audience or just, like, our smoke, smartphone photography group. Um, the interaction is great, and so it's it's really upped my use of Google Plus overall. And I just think it's a great tool. Right. And I think that's what really uh, separates it. Because at first I was like, well, we have pages. Why do you want communities? And that community mm-hmm. is exactly what the name says. It's a, a Pages are you letting people know stuff and then interacting via commenting. Uh, communities are them starting topics, you starting topics, and everybody mm-hmm. having this great two-way conversation that you know you can direct into hangouts, into shows, into posts. And it's all mm-hmm. on Google+. Which even more so... Than Facebook groups and Facebook pages, mm-hmm. they're they're yeah. more differentiated between the, the themselves. And what I've noticed, different from before, you know, Google Plus, you see people get on and they kind of fade away. Um, the communities that I'm in, I'm in a couple of communities, and they they haven't died down. In fact, they they're going they're sort of an upward trajectory. Yeah, I had to turn notifications off on right. some of them because it was just like all day long. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is. I mean, it's cool, it's good. You just don't want to be buzzed every time someone in a 20,000 person community posts something. Right. But then they made all that really easy. They, I think they learned a lot from buzz from wave from their many failures. Right. And, and they really take what's working and, and put them into the next level. And I think that's awesome. Can you guys are Facebook users? I'm not. Does Facebook have essentially the same capability? Uh, pages and groups lists instead of circles, but the pages and groups are kind of the same thing there. It seems like I I don't know. Yeah, I've just I've never I've always found the Facebook interface on those things kind of clunky. Yeah, and just it's gotten better. better. It. It's gotten yeah, better it's than got- it was, but yeah, it's still. And Facebook just recently came out with an Android app. You know, they're doing these standalone apps. The first one after obviously the main Facebook app we saw was the Facebook camera app which mm-hmm. you use that camera to take pictures and upload them right to Facebook. Uh, they just came out with a Facebook Pages app for Android that if instead of managing your... You, like the main Facebook app will handle everything, pages, groups, all that stuff. But this is just specifically for pages. 
if say you don't like use it personally, but you do manage pages for a company or for yourself or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Kind of interesting. It's funny that they're doing these standalone apps like that. And Google has one app for Google Plus and its social offerings. And it, it right. works really well. And the last update on it for tablets was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, And I just find it easier to get to groups or to get to communities versus groups and to sort of interact in them. Is and, that? You are know, you a Gmail user? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, exactly. If we're living, if you live in Gmail, that bar, the black bar, like it has, I mean, you're a click away from whatever you need in that mm-hmm. eco. Pretty cool. All right, Larry, thoughts on the $17,000 Linux-powered rifle that was shown at CES uh, by an Austin-based startup. Pretty interesting. Track point. Larry. In 10 seconds, when he hears what I just asked, he'll answer. So, Or he's frozen again. I don't think he's actually frozen frozen. Yeah, that's awesome. Is You think this is a side effect of CES? There's so many people doing Hangouts and using these services more than, you know, a normal everyday. Either that or it's uh, it's his horrible bandwidth that he's he's messing up our entire That's show. That's true, because this works <laughs> fine, right? Right. <laughs> what a jerk. Speaking uh, of CES, I really enjoyed Andy, or a uh, uh, little article on Off the Beaten Path. Yeah, there's some really quirky stuff in there. Tell, what, what did you like out of that? Well... One thing that I want to get, I love that little $25 pouch for uh, to keep your phone dry and safe in case you go in water. Yeah, I like that idea better than sending your smartphone with all of your data on it to a company to have them dip it in that coating. Do you, do you, exactly. I forget what it was called, but then they send it back to you and it's waterproof. This is right. cool. It's like an otter box for it. Right. Well, that's perfect, especially in the summer. You know, we go up to a family lake house and boat or whatever and uh just when you're not on the boat just throw it in that and you can still use it and you drop and it floats and the thing is the otter box ones that are waterproof are like 100 bucks right uh, the griffin ones are 80 dollars. this one is way under it yeah 20 25 dollars. that's exactly. that's really cool i like that for you know the uh the avid social snorkeler <laughs> when, exactly. when you just have to tweet from from underwater you know, I think if I did make it to CES, this is the part that I might enjoy the most. Not the big glitzy stuff, but the weird, crazy... Yeah, the startup stuff, stuff right? The startup exactly. stuff is, keeps it interesting. The the Nero Sky, the EEG sensor that lets you do mind over matter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah. Brain, human, or brain to machine interfaces. That stuff is getting out of control. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was in there? The Go Safe by Philips <laughs> for Larry. Is Larry back? Larry, Larry, Larry. How's your internet, Larry? I'm back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I got. This is. It's not going too well, guys. I'll try to hang in as best I can, but it's just. Uh, it's the internet connection. I got a big red notice saying your internet connection sucks that's <laughs> google's like dark fiber we're bringing it there google fiber coming to you next because your internet sucks right now yeah really i'm gonna move to kansas city guys <laughs> all right so quick before you drop again give me the thoughts on the linux gun first larry Go. i didn't hear anything but i don't know what the are you serious 
Yes. I want okay. I want a Linux gun in my drone. In in the drone technology, so in you can the, take pictures, the, shoot stuff, all from the comfort of your couch and yeah, your tablet. You uh, you ready? You better believe it. It'd be great for road rage while you're driving down the freeway. Oh, too, could you know? just <laughs> mount it on your car? Like no, you just rage? use your Android phone to control the droid that's flying above you. <laughs> I would turn my car into a drone aircraft carrier of sorts and let, just launch them as I'm driving. That would be great. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, no, the world's coming to an end, man. Okay, but basically no, what we up. we just talked about no, how the, the scope, uh, it's not like direct scope, but it's a video image taken through the scope's objective lens. Linux-powered m- lets you move it, lock in on stuff. All and does that. it know? Does it know stuff like the wind and, yes, and uh, the relative does. humidity? Holy! Cow. And you can record it and upload that to YouTube, so you can share your kills with your friends. Good lord! We could all play I'm, Dexter you, together. You don't even have to point it. I guess you could just look at the thing you're trying to shoot, snap a picture of it, and then let pattern wrecking. It could then yeah, track it. It gives a new it meaning does. to point holy and shoot. Shit. I mean, that's oh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. It doesn't yeah. fire the rifle by itself, but it triggers the pull force dynamically raised to be uh, high until the reticle and the pip coincide, and then it goes to default and it. Psh- so it's like Good it's Lord. like locking. It's like track. That's awesome. Tracking locked on fire. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about that three times now. Uh, we we're also talking about some of the the odd the. <clears throat> not like Sony and and you know the big companies announcements from CES but like the smaller stuff the uh the water underwater cases for your smartphones for $20 $25 uh by the decap act and that sounds kind of cool you could take pictures underwater and stuff yeah, yeah. jeez uh, yeah that's that sounds cheap but good yeah and then the uh, some some brain machine interfaces for controlling helicopters with your mind, yeah, you know there, there's a a lot of people are working on that for controlling prosthetics, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of cool. Have you seen some of those demos of people? You yeah, know, they, there was they, one that was like a full body frame that they put somebody in, and they thought you have to focus really hard on it, and you have to have these implants in your brain, but you can walk around with this suit basically just by with, thinking with, about it. There, there are some that are a little <laughs> less invasive, well, where they, 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 they sense like if a guy say has an amputation of his arm, right, right. The if uh, they can, they'll put the electrodes, the signals coming off your pectoral muscles, and people can really fairly easily learn to think, you know, to well, move their hand the and brain arm by into... thinking about things in their pectoral muscles. It's really kind of cool. And the more they use it, they get accustomed to it, and the body or the brain yeah. just thinks of it as its arm. It doesn't really exactly. It, it, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't know that it's you know it's robotic. It's it's because it's the same interface. Yeah, but it's, to uh, get the really good connections, they said they have to put them. I think it was what like one or two millimeters into the brain with these filaments that they use, and each filament will get signals from like a thousand or ten thousand neurons in that area so they put them all over but eventually we'd ideally like to get to the point where you're not doing brain surgery on me well then the one that i'm thinking of they essentially you're using your pectoral muscle as an amplifier 
you know, you you think something about your pack and it does something, generates a signal that goes to the arm. So you're actually not it. thinking I'll, I'll put, about. I'll send, we'll put a link to uh, a good, a neat TED talk okay, uh, with cool. a lot of demos in the in the show. But you're notes. saying they're not actually thinking. Like when I'm moving my arm, I'm not consciously thinking. I just move it, and you got it. Yeah, they're and thinking, it, and it's not even doing arm muscles because their arm's gone. It's doing something. It's, it's they're, signal. They're it's using their pectoral signal. muscle, and the pectoral muscle is signaling the mechanical arm, or the elect, right. you know, electromechanical arm. And it's uh, it's kind of amazing. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. I'll send you a link to it to, for the uh, show notes to a TED Talk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then some of, some of the other stuff uh, coming out, a lot of fitness stuff. We, we saw that, uh, the Fitbit Flex, the Smart Activity Tracker, stuff like that, iBits. Uh, people are kind of going crazy for that stuff. Do any of you guys use any of that? I don't. No. Nothing? No. Not interested in monitoring your health Fit. that much? No. No, not me. I'm depressed <laughs> enough as is. Thank you, Nike. Exactly. I'm a fitness nut, but I tried to do it and I broke one. my hip. <laughs> hey, Matt, how about something more mundane? Are there a ton of uh, Windows 8's tablets and convertibles? And all <laughs> I don't posts? know. I haven't seen any, which is weird. Did you see the, the there was Lenovo 27-inch one? I did <laughs> see the gaming. tablet? Well, it, it almost is. I mean, it's a, it's a battery-powered computer, and it's, you know, it has a stand that you could use, but it also flips down, and when you put it flat on the table, it sort of launches a different interface where like, kids can sit around and play games play on games. it. Really? Yeah. That's kind yeah, of, and like... that's running Windows 8? Running Windows 8, and then they just sort of skin it a little bit when they, you lay it flat. It's really interesting. <laughs> You know, they had those tables. They were surface tables several years Way ago. Way back in were, the... Yeah, yeah. Those were cool. They were just like big, crappy tablets. They were like the first tablets, Android tablets. Yeah. Uh, uh, some cool, like, eyewear stuff. Uh, this this article on CNET by Danny Sullivan, he had a bunch of crazy stuff in here. Uh, helmets and, like, visors for, like, skiing and snowboarding with cameras built into the... All sorts of cool stuff. Tree detection systems that steer around a tree. Yeah, right? <laughs> With LiDAR. <laughs> and so even Polaroid getting... making some stuff like that. Some GoPro clones, uh, 3D printing stuff. Just everything. Wow. It's like Christmas. Yeah, and you know, you don't have to go to CES. No, you, you just like sit you've been here. A lot of watching uh, streaming coverage. You would think stuff. I had gone there. I've been sitting on Google Plus with the hashtag CES 2013 and just watching it scroll and clicking on yeah. interesting things. Yeah. And that's how we do it now. Yeah. It, if you don't have people you want to see, it's better to sit home. It's like watching a football game on TV. You see it better on TV than if you're in the stands. Right. <laughs> and you get. All of the other added bonus. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, put, I put a link in the chat to that Lenovo thing, and it's if you go there, it's pretty funny because you see this woman; she's literally trying to carry around this twenty-seven-inch tablet-looking thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, there's another. I was surprised. We, like I said at the beginning of the show, we saw a lot of uh, Android gaming stuff. The the Nvidia Shield Project Shield. Uh, there was another one. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. But uh, Microsoft also came out with one that's running a Windows 8 gaming tablet, which I thought was interesting. That they're like, hey, us, us too, you know. And then on top of that, they have this thing called the Illuma Room, which. Uh, you you almost have to see the video to get this, but it, it's like a 
interactive projector. I, I don't know. I ju- just from watching the video, that's what... Um, but they say that uh, like, this is something that we saw, if, if you recognize it, it's from a, a concept from patent images that came out last year that people are like, whoa, what, what, what's this going to be? It's this, called the Illuma Room. <clears throat> they say a key difference between the video and the patent illustration is that the image portrays the player using a connect in, jun- in conjunction with the Illuma Room. Uh, and that, that might be even better than you know just using a controller, especially if you're in this fully immersed room. But it, it really, the, the demo looks like a projector on a wall where you don't have a white screen because you see the guy's like bookshelf and shelves and then you see his TV there in the middle and it has the game, but then the game expands around you, like in the room. You see bullets coming at him and they're going like literally in the room. It, it's it's kind of weird. You got to watch the video to to really get it. Yeah, I watched the video and I can't tell if it'd be really cool or really distracting. If you're trying to yeah, play yeah, right. Like you almost, and I need the sound to go with it. I need to. If you're exactly. gonna do the immersion thing, you have to do it well. Otherwise, it's right. just gonna be just you know janky and no yeah. good. All right. But it's now it's a get... it's a research project. It's not ready for prime time. It's well, just... they say they're coming out with it. I think. Oh really? At some point. The the little video said Microsoft Research, but I it, oh, yeah, okay. they can be that it's about to emerge from Microsoft. Well, and it says they're not going to have probably anything else more about it until late April during CHI 2013 in Paris. But it, it's kind of cool. I mean, a step in the right direction if we want fully immersed gaming, you know. Or I mean, you could use this for all sorts of stuff, Larry. I'm sure you could use this in a teaching way of some sort. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Visual kid, aids. If, you if somebody's not paying them. attention, you shoot them. <laughs> well, that might not go so well in a school. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want to be the a-hole. But you know. With your Linux rifle. With your exactly. Linux rifle. You're 17. Let me log on the internet and take control of your gun. This That's right. See, the internet does kill. Now, what did you learn? Uh, and then, yeah, we saw a bunch of cool drones. And you kind of see this every year. It started, I forget how many years ago, but the first one we saw with the original, one of the uh, early iPhones was that little helicopter thing you could control with the, the iPhone. And that was cool. Now you're getting up to almost creepy-ish kind of, like, applications. I mean, you could silently hover one of these quadrocopter things, the Parrot AR drones, the one I'm, I, I saw the demo for here, but... You could like just hover it by somebody's window and record 1080 HD video right to your tablet. And I I don't know, like the day I open my blinds and see one of those things hovering there, like that's that's kind of crazy. But yeah. when they dance, when there's five of them and they dance in in, in sync, like that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I I saw one proposal a little less peaceful and invasive or more peaceful and less invasive. To use them as delivery vehicles to deliver packages instead of UPS trucks. Yeah? Could you make them robust enough to do that, though? Because all these are packing are like a little HD camera and four blades yeah. to keep them afloat. No, they're not talking about just those guys, but, you know... Like full-size drones. You want to take off real <laughs> like a jet-powered drone and land it and have it <laughs> deliver your packages like Santa. Right. <laughs> or UP- cool. UPS pulls up into your neighborhood and just the top opens up and... 
50 uh-huh. drones come out and just, <laughs> yeah, you know, deliver the whole neighborhood in 10 seconds. Yeah. And how long until people start shooting them down and stealing each other's packages? Because people oh, with their Linux with, rifle. With their Linux rifle. With their Linux rifle. That tracks. I mean, Got myself a good drone today. <laughs> that's right. Now I have your drone technology right now. and your present. So no, you know the trouble with that is the drone is surveilling everything below it. <laughs> the minute it sees that, you're, you're, you're immediately... Uh, Photograph shooting at it. Yeah, you right. Go to jail the next day. You know? I saw one of these that had like some 3D mapping tech on it. Also, yeah. I don't know if it was like an add-on to it or if it was the drone itself. But one of these ones you can buy, like, will map 3D plots of land for you. It's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I think people like geographers and and you know people looking for oil and ge- you know geological cartographers, kinds of cartographers, sure. forest foresters. Uh, I think they have a ton of real, good, you know, nonviolent applications. I mean, it does seem like, you know, you know, in a way, we're really heading towards the internet, internet of things that they've talked about. You know, when we're talking about the arm and the prosthetic and the drones and the rifle, but we really are sort of heading towards this internet of things where more than just your phone is That's connected. true, right? Because if you put all of those things together, you have a robotic killing machine you can control from your smartphone. That right. is the Internet of Things. Wow. That's kind of creepy. I like where we're going with this, team. I really do. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like the Parrot AR drone, like the first few versions didn't have GPS on it, and people just crashed them and broke them <laughs> all the time. And so this new version has GPS on it, uh, so you can – it'll just fly. Like you tell it the flight plan, and it does it. It's like, hey, I oh, will I fly know. myself – you just tell me where to go. That's cool. Yeah. That's how, cool. how much so, do they cost now? So you check like this, this out. You use Facebook. You find a girl you want to stalk. You tell your drone, <laughs> here's where she lives. Here's where she works. And it just like follows her. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. That's your government also doing this. Exactly. And they're cheap, right? Aren't they just a couple hundred bucks? I'm sure the new ones are more. But yeah, I don't know what the original but, uh, is. But how much Even are they the- what are they going to cost in 10 years? I mean, nothing really, right? They're going to yeah. be replicating themselves oh. with their own 3D printers, which they oh, exactly. also replicated themselves <laughs> forever. Wow. There you go. Replicating drones. Yep. That's where we're going. So you can get one of these on Amazon right now for 300 bucks. Jeez. Yeah. That, that's kind of really I'll getting I'll take mine in, just, in yeah. orange and blue. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I'm surprised I don't see more of these just flying around everywhere. (laughs) Me and my girlfriend were talking about earlier, and she said, like, if you walked outside right now and you saw one of these just hovering there looking at you, like, what would you do? (laughs) Like, you would just pause for a sec, right? And then you would beat it out of the air and kill it, right? You would kill it. Uh, God, I can't wait. I can't wait till these are just everywhere. (laughs) We're swatting at them like fly. Like, get out of here, government. Get out of here, creepy neighbor. Get out of here, work. My boss watching me all the time. It's yeah, really I cool. mean, a real short-term thing, the police will have them. To apprehend, you know, hopefully they use will or do. criminals. They will Probably or do. they do. Probably, Probably do. Probably do. Yeah. yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, I, re- I read somebody posted something. One guy, there's at least one case of a guy getting busted uh, for disposing of garbage you know, dumping garbage somewhere, and a drone caught it, and they busted. Really? Yeah, I've 
I forget where I saw that within the last week. I saw so how do they somewhere. get around? And this is going to take us way off topic. But how how do they get around the whole? You're not supposed to use U.S. military resources on U.S. soil unless there's like a crazy, like is they just oh, say it's not military well, they, stuff anymore? Or? They've eased up. They're, they're, I don't okay. I don't know any of the details, but I know that the the regulations on drones from the FCC or somebody it eased up about six months ago. But I don't know any more than that. Hmm. Interesting. All it's yeah. going to take is one of those things to get just completely hacked, and that's going to be the end of that. Exactly. Yeah, really. Whoa, so, there you go. Take yeah. over the drone. And then, yeah. I, unless there was anything else you guys wanted to mention from CES, last thing I just wanted to say in the, the tablet gaming thing, there's another company called Razer. I, I'd never heard of this before, but they're also coming out with a like a handheld tablet gaming thing. Like handles and controller built into it, so there's a yeah. They lot. made a they made a bit of a splash before with a high end laptop, and so Razor? they've got a bit of a name in the gaming community. Oh, oh, and this was announced last year CES. It was called Project Fiona, uh, and they asked more than ten thousand people what kind of specs they wanted and how much they'd be willing to pay. And here's you get this NVIDIA GeForce graphics, uh, just a pretty cool device. Uh, the basic edge has the core i5 processor and NVIDIA GT640 graphics, 64 gig storage. And then the Pro gives you an i7 with 128 or 256 gig. Yeah, that's all running Windows 8. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it. That's pricey, the one. but Yeah, you yeah. Know. But in in contrast, the WikiPad was the, the one of the first Android gaming tablets we saw. Really expensive. Like, what was right. it, six or seven hundred dollars? I forget. But it yeah. was it was more than any of us were like, yeah, that's unless it was a gift, no way. And yeah. uh, Project Shield, they're not announcing any kind of pricing, and we kind of think right. it's going to be this thing. Price starts at a grand mm-hmm. and goes up from there. Like, uh, how much are you willing? How much do you game? You know, like how much are you willing? I'm I'm playing free games on my tablet right now and exactly. just enjoying the crap out of them. Like, would you pay a thou for that? I, I don't know. I mean, it would be fun just to hold a tablet that has that much power, just to yeah. kind of see what it's like, and but. then to feel it just cook everything around right. it because it heats up. The i seven just smoking, right? And then you pay two grand for it, and two weeks later you drop it right in the screen. Now, screen if you want to send me one to review, like exactly, you may or may not get it back. I mean, depending on how well it works. I'm just that's what I'm saying. Larry, do you do you game at all, Larry? No, and I'd way rather have three drones than one gaming I, tablet. True <laughs> that. Larry plays the game of life, folks, exactly. with drones. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Lots of cool. It How seemed... about that game drone fights, drone wars, instead of cockfights and dogfights? So we'll do yeah, we were fights. talking about that earlier. If you could, like, put blades on them like that BattleBot show and just oh, that'd be great. program yeah. them. Because yeah. you see them all dancing around in this thing. Like, if you could just some like hack into it and just start making yeah. them attack each other, it'd be awesome. Do... That will happen at some point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody's going to find a nice little exploit, and they're going to exploit it, and they're going to own all the drones. A drone botnet, if you will. A drone botnet. So, speaking of botnets, uh, we notice Eric Schmidt in North Korea... Uh, what, what is, what about this makes sense? We know North Korea, the internet, just not a very fun topic, very closed, very, what is the word I'm looking for? 
very communist. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's a communist place. What is Eric Schmidt doing in North Korea? Just telling them, hey, you guys need open access to the internet. I'm not, I'm not sure. What is, you're right. What is the gain? What, or what can he gain from this? Did he maybe I mean, get lost and think he was in South Korea? Right. I, I mean, that's weird, right? Like, they're out of all of the places to go to, like, bring open internet. I, I don't know. North right. Korea is, like, last on my list, right next <laughs> exactly. to China. You know? Not only politically, but financially. I mean, there's, right. I mean, the, they have no money. And we give you open internet, you're just going to hack us, like China, <laughs> all day long. So I'm not, I'm not getting the upside yeah. to this. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that he's there. I don't really care, you know. No, like yeah, definitely. Either way, but... it just seemed weird that out of you know, like that's an odd place. Like if he doesn't come back, I won't be surprised, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but off of the Washington Post, it says that uh, a private delegation, including Google's Eric Schmidt, is urging North Korea to allow more open internet access and cell phones to benefit its citizens. <laughs> This is, but then if you think about it, more if they if their con, if their government says here's here's your cell phones, here's your smartphones, here's your open internet, and then they just Trojan horse monitor the crap out of it. Right hey, here, go ahead, use it. We're just watching everything you do on it. So that maybe not might not be so so good for the citizens. Right, and I just I don't know if the ben- what benefit there is and will it ever outweigh sort of the bad press that he's getting personally for it. You know, I just I don't know. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, uh, he is an interesting guy, though. He's not exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know. I I'm almost picturing it like that one Bush scene you always saw of him in in China, like throwing up on the thing. Like that's what I kind of picture him doing, like some Homer Simpson ish thing. I I don't know. Yeah, well, when you got a lot of money. Yeah, he, he has not said publicly what he hopes to get out of his visit right. to North Korea, but he has been a vocal proponent of internet freedom and openness, and is publishing a book in April, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. If, 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 if the internet slows way down, we'll know why. Exactly. And Larry, you do a lot of writing about like internet in Cuba, stuff like that. Is this kind of the same situation there or is it more because they have the technology. It's just not very open. Okay. I I have taken, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I disappeared again and did a bandwidth crash and came back. So are are you talking about Eric Schmidt? Yes. In North Korea. Korea. Yeah. What what was your Uh, take on this? Well, I okay. I know he went to North Korea. I know he went with that uh, Elliot Richardson, and they say it's on a, a, a humanitarian mission to try to get a guy that's you know that's in prison out. Um, I don't. He says he's going as a private citizen and not as a rep of Google. My guess is the internet in uh, North Korea, as far as individuals go, is non-existent. I like I say, I don't know. It'd be cool to get to go there. I've gone to a lot of other weird nations. But uh, I'd be surprised if anybody's got internet access except the power, you know, the power structure. Maybe he was in there planting drones. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to, he's asking him if they'd like to, he's telling them what they did in Kansas City and how would you like one of them here? Right. And, <laughs> oh, have you heard of Stuxnet? How's your nuclear situation? <laughs> here, here's a jump drive. Plug this in somewhere. <laughs> I'd like to. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I don't, I, do you, is there, were you guys speculating as to why he went? 
You think he went as a... Just the fact that, like, somebody that is from one of the more open places on the net and the world going to one of the more closed, that seemed like a weird contrast to me. But, yeah, we were just kind of, like, what could it possibly be for, you know? Just speculating. That's all we do. Yeah. I mean, North Korea, I I don't know anything about it, but it doesn't seem to be... I mean, they've gone through such evil, uh, you know, famines and stuff, and it still hangs in. You don't have the sense that there's any imminent change like uh, I was in Myanmar last week and there you have the sense that they are at least there's some chance that it's really starting to change but you know why there was an interesting on the media episode a while back about the media in places like North Korea and, and specifically North Korea how all of the news and stuff like everything that the people are shown is engineered in a way to give them hope for something greater and to keep them going, even though things are the worst they've been in a long time for, like, the individual person. But nobody, like, dwells on it because everything they're shown is so positively motivating. And, like, oh, for the country, for the greater good, you're part of a bigger thing, even though your sorrows and everything, like, it doesn't matter because we're all working on this. And I th- I think that's why, or one of the main reasons that they have held on like that for so long, is that every, you know it's it's all yeah. fake, and a- any news spin they get is just exactly what the government wants them to to see and to think. That, that's crazy. Yeah, they put on those huge spectacles with thousands of girls dancing in total unison and right, yeah. chanting on the yeah. Uh, I guess you get kind of. I mean, it must be sort of brainwashing. Plus, there's a lot of it's fear too. Um, you know, if you screw up, they just shoot you. I mean, and everybody knows that. Right. And it says in '06 and '09, North Korea followed up these launches. Uh, they were launching GPS stuff and just trying out different uh, things there. But they they were following up with similar launches with nuclear tests. And that Pyongyang is believed to be working on mastering tech that would allow it to uh, mount a little nuclear device on a long range rocket that could strike the u.s so that, that's kind of interesting yeah uh well, and yeah, yeah it says the delegation the guy you're talking about is uh, uh kenneth bay he's in north korean custody on suspicion of committing hostile acts against the state so they're pushing for fair and humane treatment of of him also yeah so the, the truth is i don't know anything about the internet there or why these guys really went it's hard to imagine eric schmidt so who knows what his personal beliefs are? Maybe he's just yeah, going that's true. private it, it, citizen that really cares. Because we always think of him as Google, Google on Google's yeah. behalf. This could have absolutely... Yeah, you're right. Good good point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he says that the most... They, they, his, his delegation is bringing a message that more openness would benefit North Korea. So th- this, would, this is going to help. Uh, most people in the country have never logged onto the internet. So that eh, that's interesting. Yeah. What could you though now like we've been generally like slowly over time we've merged with the internet. What happens when you take a country that its citizens have never been on the internet and you give them full blown like from internet from 0 to 2012 internet like that? Like is that how are they going to yeah. handle that? It's like that's information like- overload, right? Well, that's never happened. I mean, so it's Eric's going to make it happen. (laughs) Kansas City, huh? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You change your name to Google, Google Korea. (laughs) 
Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You win. <laughs> you yeah. win, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine any place where the, anything even close to that is. Because, uh, like, behaviorally, we have gotten more ADD over the years as the internet has gotten more ADD. But so you give this complete it to a group that has never had it before. I just think, like, mine's blown and. And short circuits and mass murder—I I don't know. It, it, cats and dogs. But in reality, the, the internet that you have doesn't come into developing nations that way. Well, it comes sure. in a little bit to the people that uh, that have some money, and then it comes in. A but little they're bit not really. Are, are they really a developing nation in that way? Well, they have technology. Developing. They have yeah. tablets, and I mean, they have stuff. They're just. You can't no, use it. No, but who who has it? There's no infrastructure. The government no, has it. There's no fiber around the country. There's no. I mean, they don't even have dial-up. I I I guarantee you the that government the only has people it. in North Korea that have internet access are are the are government. Yeah. You know, industrialists and people that are on the inside, big shots. Um, there's no. I I'd be surprised as hell. Though I don't know because I've never been there. I you know I bet there aren't, aren't even internet cafes. Any concept of having internet at home? Um, none of that. Hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see like what actually comes out if if anything. If they're they're all like North Korea, Google's next big investor, or or <laughs> if if Eric Schmidt goes to be uh, ambassador and works there, who who knows? Like that that would be crazy. Like you're yeah. gonna live in North Korea now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I quit. But things do. Things can change. Like we're oh, yeah, for the, sure. the example of Myanmar. Uh, they seem to be thawing a little bit. And, and Myanmar was like kind of North Korea five years ago. It was a place nobody went. Yeah. If you guys know Eric from Attack of the Androids, we always give him a hard time because he has to Skype into the show because he doesn't have the bandwidth to do a hangout with us. So yeah. that's that's where you're talking about that area, and that's why like the, it is. But it's getting better. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still it's really uh, it's still pretty minimal. That's the truth. M- Myanmar is where d- most of your average developing nations were like 15 years ago. Right, least. and you wrote a piece about your impressions of the internet there. Yeah, and it's very partial. I mean, I was just there for two days, and just you know, I went to an internet cafe. I went to a store that sold software. Uh, yeah. Um, I, there was a there was another store that uh, where you could go in and and order stuff online because you know like a sh- kind of a little online shopping store. Um, it, but it, Myanmar is a really uh, it's very 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 poor place, and there's no real info. Nothing that you know as the internet is is there. I mean, it's just like well, I, I know it in, because I went I have to, to two different internet cafes and tried to enter my grades online and there and couldn't the bandwidth was it was just too slow just not having it huh yeah just not having it it, it felt like being back in the old dial up and what were you were you, you weren't there writing about anything in particular no, right you were just on vacation no. or what I was just on vacation and uh, why did you pick Myanmar to go on vacation curious <laughs> just because it's you, you never know, been? Myanmar. I've never been and hardly okay. anybody else is. I mean it's it's just starting to open up. Because um, I'm sick of people and wanted to go where there are a few of them as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the place Myanmar's no. got a lot of people, no, I know, unfortunately. I know. But it's no, it's just it's a nation that's been like off the limits kind of for my life, you know. You're intrigued since by like, that kind of thing. Huh? You and you and Cuba, you you've got some uh 
No, I have a whole. I've done many studies of the internet in developing nations. That's and interesting. Built a framework for doing it. No, that's you're right. I'm I am drawn to that um, because, geez, why is that? Like, what about it intrigues you so much? Just to try that's... to help the people. You know, I really think so. It sounds kind of funky, but uh, you know, the internet's taken care of itself in LA, but uh, Cuba or you know, yeah, I've just I. You want to bring the wonders of lolcats, and I can ha- like you want <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys are missing out. <laughs> oh shit! You froze again. Can you hear me? Yes, you're fine. You can't hear us. All right. Well. All right. Now I got you back. Okay. Let me tell you. I tell me. when I long ago, like 15 years ago, I had a, a I met a, a guy in India. We were doing a study of the internet in India. And we've got this framework that we're with, with which is looking at internet in education, government, uh, commerce, healthcare, those kind of serious sectors. And I met uh, a Professor Swami Nathan in southern India, who's kind of like a real leader, a guru there in the Green Revolution, an old guy. And he just he gave me one piece of advice. He said, "You're screwing up. You're leaving entertainment out. That's where it's at." And he was right, you know. Um, that was a huge sector that we weren't thinking about. We were too serious. So there's something what you're saying about the Lawcats. Well, that's an interesting – there was an interesting conversation on one of the Twitch shows about that, how in, in times of like economic downturn, people really turn to entertainment. And that's when you know it's really – it's the most helpful because everyone's so down and out and oh, everything sucks and we're broke. But if you can entertain a group and keep their mind off of that for any amount of time, like that's really helpful for yeah. everyone's well-being. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's the, the entertainment yeah, industry. I, I, really... think like, I don't have any data, but I think the movies did quite well during the Depression. Yeah, well, the entertainment industry always really kind of flourishes during these downtimes. Even would you say even more so than just normal, like everything's okay? There's like a level, but then when things get bad and go down, that kind of goes up a little. We I don't have any data, but I've heard the same thing. Um, probably people they've got time on their hands. If you're unemployed, go to the movies. <laughs> you know? Are you going to go to the movies, or are you going to pirate a movie, though? Are you paying for From things when you're today. unemployed? Back you... in the Depression, you couldn't pirate well... them, but yeah, now you're pirate them for sure. You know what, though? That's BS, because back in the day, people used to sneak into movies all the time. Right. What that is, is that called? We used to pirate movies all the time. It was called the drive-in movie, and you <laughs> the back of the van. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I didn't think you guys were old enough to remember that crap. We have driving movies here. Come on. Wait, no, we don't anymore. Never mind. We did. It's now a swap meet. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and sneaking in the exit. I can remember in high school hanging right around the exit of the theater and then popping in, and and then you hide behind the curtain until the movie starts, and then you jump into a seat. I'm always in awe at how the people that post like those – those TS and the TCs and stuff, like how they're in a theater with a video camera and nobody's like saying anything to them, you know, or something. Because people up here, like if I just rolled into the new like Hobbit movie, set my tripod down and, you know, <laughs> no. just like somebody would say something. Like, I I don't know. I'm blown away how, how kids get, a, get away with doing that and grateful. I'm blown away and grateful at the same time. And those things are hilarious because all of a sudden you're watching one and you're into a movie, then all of a sudden... Somebody's head pops Somebody up and gets up and you're like, down in front. Wait a sec. <laughs> it's, I, I think if you take that and uh, add it to that new Microsoft Illuma room, 
you could really feel like you're in the theater. The guy next to you gets up. You're like, whoa, guy next to me. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. All right. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Was there anything else from CES or just anything you wrote? Uh, anything else you really wanted to, to talk about? This Wikipedia thing is kind of interesting that you wrote about, Larry. You want to tell us about that real yeah. quick? Sure. Uh, the thing that's that sort of spurred it was... Uh, somebody, I can't. Somebody has made up a fictitious war that took place, I think, in the 1800s. The Civil it's War. On, it's been on Wikipedia for five years without being detected, but it was finally detected. Really? And uh, so I did a little post, but it, you know that's kind of cool. But it, actually, it turns out if you go to Wikipedia, I got a link to the page. Uh, they've got a, a list of. Of major hoaxes that have happened, and some of them have been like seven, eight years. And some of them get picked uh, up on detected. major news outlets and reported as real, and that's... Yeah, yeah. But and, now, uh, is that a but, testament... But, but, but let's not stress... The, the trouble with that is kind of a cute story, but you know, 99.9% .9 of the stuff is accurate and useful as hell, so sure. let's not start trashing Wikipedia. Yeah, no, for sure, and give them yeah. money, because they are always needing it, it seems like. Yeah, they're good guys. <laughs> Yeah. Did you guys did you guys remember there was a study that Nature did back in '95, where they had prominent scientists review articles on Wikipedia and Encyclopedia Britannica, and mm. report the number of errors they found. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and there, I got a link to it in that post. But the the um, I would guess you, more they, errors in the Britannica just because once it's printed, it's done, and you're not going to go well, back and fix like a little. Or, I don't know. That's what I would assume is, that. What they found was was each each of them had four significant errors, and they each had over a hundred one sixty versus one thirty some uh, kind of t small trivial areas. Hmm. And in fact, Wikipedia had a few more had the more small trivial areas errors than Britannica. And you say, oh wow! But the next day, the errors in the Wikipedia were fixed. Exactly, and that's that's, that's the key difference. for. Yeah, and Britannica no longer does a print edition. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> so the handwriting was on the wall. No, Wikipedia, it, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but boy, it's it's a very valuable resource. I love but, it. And what you were saying about the war thing, is that, though, is that just a testament to people, the, the things that they do pay attention to on there? Like maybe you could put in like a bunch of little fake things like that. No one would ever catch them because yeah. they're... They're insignificant, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I would assume that there was a war at the, or you know, something like that." Rather than the major things that a lot of people are looking at and editing all the time are correct. Absolutely, you know. Actually, when you're saying it, sure. If this fictitious war, the only place it exists is in Wikipedia, so nobody's going to ever come searching for it or anything else. Right. So it's not yeah, coming yeah. to the attention unless somebody's just like so bored and just like fact checking Wiki, you know, just to just to help out or whatever. Then then yeah, you'd come across exactly. it. And did yeah. they did they say how it was how someone did finally find it or was it did it did it mention that? Not that I know, but. That that could if like if it was a Google kid it, that failed a history Google test, it, we could because, probably find out. Yeah, did somebody fail a test at school because of it, and then was like, "This is wrong, damn it, Wiki! No. I have to take summer school now." Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Maybe I'll have Larry no. Press as my teacher. Yeah, but and but Wikipedia again, to their credit, man, they've got a whole page of hoaxes on Wikipedia, so they're not 
trying to cover this stuff up. They're out front about it. I think that has a, another interesting aspect to it and just like how these hoaxes start and kind of live on through this one kind of interesting platform that people like it's yeah. what happens I, when my you guess give is it's just some guy thinks hey this would be tool. fun let's see if i can do it and get away with it right or that i mean the internet's full of prankster you know that's yeah. that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> we make up fake wars and then we send our real drones with our linux guns into battle and that's that's how we roll so, all right. Well, I think Larry's internet's about to die, and we're at the end of the hour. Michael Olson, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. We're going to see you tomorrow evening for the smartphone photography hangout. I will be there. That is tomorrow, I believe. Do you write anywhere? Like, are you writing, or do you got anything uh, you want to mention? I, I blog a little bit at techimprovement.com. Right on. And I've got a couple stories up on a new domain.net. So. Ah, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> Yeah, just just a couple. Those so. are new domain guys all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> we are far and wide. All right. And Larry, of course, you have your blog up, and we always have links I've to got a, I've got a couple of blogs, but yeah, one of them is more this kind of general stuff. I post stuff on my blog, and if, if they want to, they can use it, and, and they like to screw around with some of the words so Google doesn't realize it's the same thing. Right. I've that's, done I've done quite a few of those. That's fine because you do get dinged if you're just if you just straight up copied that what you wrote and posted it on there, like you would get dinged in search and stuff. So I, I do understand why you you don't want to just make copies exact copies yeah. of that. But yeah, you should but be I, the one doing the rewriting. I think. Well, but that's the thing that you happened. probably don't have yeah, time. But I the thing is, Ira wrote it, it once. It often gets re yeah, but it often gets rewritten upside down. You know, it's just. Uh, I agree. It's not a very satisfactory system, but uh, no, it, I, it's a little disorganized. I don't quite understand how A and D works. Or it or works what, though. What its the amazing is, yeah. thing you throw a hundred people that just love tech they into a, into a site like that, and we're everywhere. Yeah. And now stuff. they've got the Dell spinoff, which yeah, I, I think I'm I got a couple I, pieces I coming up on that. I wrote a, a cord cutter article and uh, something about booking a space flight on Virgin Galactic. So those should be coming oh, wow. on there. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. If you want to see those articles and all the other uh, and writers, it's TechPage1.com. That's the the Dell site we're all writing for. Oh, really? We can okay, say that, cause... right? We're yeah, we can say that. We're we're over there. So check it out. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, I I have one that's supposedly coming there, but. I don't know when, and, and I didn't know the URL. So yeah, what tech, is tech, tech, tech page, page one. one? Tech page cool. one. So, and we are Yats, yet another tech show. Follow us, join the new community. Which, if you're a listener on the page on Google Plus, you'll get an invite for that probably uh, tomorrow once we get it all set up. But until then, we got a Facebook page, Twitter account, Google Plus page, stuff like that, and interact with us throughout the week. We'll catch you tomorrow evening for the smartphone photography hangout talk about some cool smartphone photography stuff and i did some smartphone photography airborne over the that the was week, great, so man. we'll talk about oh. that a little bit too if you fly low enough in a little plane you can actually get lte and do like a hangout wow. in the plane it's kind of cool nice but we'll talk about that tomorrow night so thanks for listening guys see you at show.com we'll catch you next week Wednesday.
Thanks for listening to Yet Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.